1: Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. Celtic stuff live.
0: Welcome to Celtics Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics, who, quite frankly, stink right now. I'm your host, Justin Poole, and Joining me, John Duke. And I don't care about the Toronto win, John. It was an inspirational one, but it looked a lot like Isaiah Thomas had to come back and uh, take over a fourth quarter in the body of Kyrie Irving. And I know Kyrie has really been trying to make this whole team effort work, especially on offense. Uh, he's only done, I would say, his miracle show and take over the game a few times, and he had to get right at the beginning of the season too, so only recently has he really found his groove and his swagger. But at the same time, you see him committing to Brad Stevens' team effort here. Uh, defensively, there are times when this team really does look amazing but offensively just brutal so the toronto game encouraging on the one hand because they were able to defeat their uh eastern conference and atlantic division rivals that basically was supposed to be a battle for who was tops in the east between those two and milwaukee i suppose if you had an affinity for that team and and what Giannis can do but uh, the team, the team has not lived up to expectations so far. And at the same time, uh, that was an inspirational win, but it also was a very one dimensional offense heading down the stretch. They wind up tying it up and they go into overtime. Um, at moments, Jason Tatum looks like he's getting right again, but for the most part, this team just cannot hit an open shot. And I almost feel like it's in their heads. Lots of questions about confidence for this team after the uh, pretty disappointing loss to Utah, John.
1: The the loss to Utah was, I I said after the game against Toronto, I thought that that was, it was great to be able to get right back out and play another game right after that. You know, back-to-back, at home, big win. All right, let's prove it. And they proved something. They proved that they are not to be trusted <laughs> with optimism for the fans. Uh, not it's, to it's,
0: be trusted. Woo. I like yeah.
1: it. Oh, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, look, I think we all felt great. I, 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 would, I felt that yes, Kyrie was, went supernova, but that's okay. And if you really look at the, in the overtime, he scored two points. You know, he was a lot of those points that were in this, in that overtime period were really you know, dish or, or, you know, the kick out. I mean, the, probably the key basket was a situation where Kyrie could have taken a jumper in the lane with a hand near his face, but he actually dished it out to Horford who didn't have a great shooting night to that point and hit a nice baseline jumper. And that was really the, the clincher. So all the good stuff I thought was really uh in large part as, as that Toronto game progressed, but you know, 24 hours later, (laughs) we're right back to square one again. 24
0: hours later, you have a very upset Brad Stevens is what you have Mm -hmm. 24 hours later. I mean, this man is very disappointed in the offense. Definitely uh, critical, I would say, of the starting lineup, but really the effort of the players that, I guess we would have said last season would have given us an amazing uh effort. I mean, and I will say Kyrie wound up being out there with the scrubbers at the end of the Utah game. Right. So he obviously was giving effort. I, the one thing I'll say about him, and I know we just kind of gave him some props for trying to make this team thing work, but not just on offense, defensively, he has his limitations. He is never going to be, you know, uh, an amazing defender, but the effort. I think we have seen it from Kyrie. Defensively, the effort and the commitment to Brad Stevens' system has been there. You know, this is a guy I want to criticize on so many levels just because I just don't want what's happening with the offense to happen. But at the same time, it's really difficult to criticize him when he's the only one who can generate it. I don't have a lot of criticism, and I don't think Brad Stevens does for Kyrie either. I think he's really looking in other directions. You said on last week's show Al Horford it looks exhausted, and that's going to lead up to really uh, a point I'm going to make when we get done with the Brad Stevens conversation. But Brad is frustrated with the effort. Do you think it's the young guys as well? like the veteran young guys, meaning specifically Brown and Tatum? Or do you think it extends beyond that to Hayward and Horford? Or do you think he's got a pass for Horford because – I mean, for Hayward because he's coming back from injury. And maybe even Horford because Horford's getting a little run down having to do all the dirty work in the post.
1: I mean, look, I'm mean, i not – I think Hayward had his best game of the year against Toronto, personally. I I thought he really – Uh, did a lot of the things that they need for him for given where his limitations are. And if he can provide that sign of that, that sign of scoring a little bit, but really distributing and running the second unit, I think things will settle down a great deal. And because they have a lot of guys that like to look for their own shot when Smart and Rosier were in that second unit. It was, and, and really handling the ball a lot. It did not go well. When Hayward did so, start of the second quarter, um, you know, a bit more in the fourth, I thought that that, that was really the most effective, um, unit times for that bench unit. So I'm, I'm a little bit more positive about Hayward, and that's not just because, you know, we wanted him to come here and, and all that goes with that. I'm gonna give him a pass on, on <laughs> playing thirty nine minutes and then you know after being on a twenty five minute you know minute restriction and then go and play a back to back so I'm I'm gonna give him a pass on on Saturday but you gotta look at everywhere you gotta look at Dead Horford he's gotta give more effort um you gotta look at, at definitely Brown and Tatum you gotta look at Roseier who has been a complete shell of the guy we we're used to last spring um Baines had a great start he's kind of tailed off a little bit I mean it's just Everybody needs to do more. And I think it's the little things. It's, it's, it's that little bit of extra effort that I think, like you said, Kyrie Irving is giving that. He's doing more than what we're used to. He's not just the one dimensional, get your points and get out of the way. He's doing, he's trying at least defensively. He's trying, you know, I don't think we're getting that same amount of effort. He's uh, gambled, but he's play. plays on he defense. And
0: it, I think yeah. the whole team is actually trying to be a little too selfless. I think you said on Twitter that the Celtics had installed an offense that Brad has uh, done a great job, that these guys are getting open looks and they're just not knocking them down, and that's absolutely true. And And I'm going to go back to last week on this one, too. I mean, I agree Brad should be mad. Mad Brad, you know, breaking Mad Brad Stevens. I I just think this guy should be upset. But the thing is, is that they're just not hitting open jumpers. And I said last week that I thought they should sacrifice a little on defense and just try to get into an up-tempo offense. And you look at that Utah game, how much do they push the pace? They just dictated everything on offense against the Celtics defense. And the Celtics had some really good, especially in the first half, had some great defensive possessions, great rotations, just, you know, getting, getting to the man, um, switching. The whole thing was. But I think they just got worn out. And, and the truth is, is the other team is always going to be able to expend more on offense when they're not being made to work defensively. And that's what's happening to this Celtics team. They're getting overpowered on offense, even the, when they're on defense by the other team's offense, because they're just not able to create and put any pressure when they're on offense. They've done all the right things, but then they don't knock down the big shots and they're not aggressive getting the ball into the post. They're not aggressive pushing the pace. And so when they're not knocking down those wide open shots, it ends up really just lackadaisical defense for the opponent. And then they can assert so much more on offense. And that's where that net you know, differential really is killing them. So again, I think they should sacrifice a little of the defense and get up tempo and stop worrying about hitting open set shots and just start creating offense in different ways to regain their confidence. Once they do that, I think some of those open shots will start to knock down that parts on Brad, but, but really he should, these guys are NBA players. You know, you don't get into the NBA. If you can't shoot the ball, he should be upset that they're not knocking down open shots the same time, I think he's going to have to put a little bit more pressure on the team or change things. Not necessarily put more pressure, but change some things just to help them find themselves because their identity is absolutely lost. But first, before we jump off of that, follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. Follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke, and the entire CLNS Media Network at CLNS Media. Facebook dot com slash CLNS fans, and download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace. Finally, YouTube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews, the Garden Report with Joe Sway, and, of course, the Roundtable and us, your your favorites, Celtic Stuff Live. So, John, we know about the identity. Do you have any comments on Mad Brad? Should he stay mad, or does he kind of need to take the lead at this point? Because – He kind of got into it a little bit in the post game interviews with one of the medias who said exactly what, you know, I just mentioned about the confidence. And he goes, did I say that? And they're like, no, 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 I said that. And it was a very kind of awkward exchange, but he's not just mad about the team. He's mad about a lot of things. I've never seen anything get under his skin quite. I've seen him get terse a couple of times and kind of keep people in the media a little bit at bay, you know, even though most of the time he's pretty cordial, but I've never seen him like kind of get almost on the offensive like that. So um, a lot of a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations, not being met. Should he stay mad or is it time for him to, to set the tone with the players in the locker room and, and try to come up with something different?
1: I think it's, I think he's been very serene. I think he's been very calm I think he's been trusting that good players will figure it out and they'll figure out how to play together. I don't think it's about playing together anymore. I think it's about playing hard and finding your flow that way. Um, defensively, I think the missed shots have led to a less a lessened defensive intensity, no doubt. Um, you know, right now they're, I mean, I just went to NBA.com, look at their stats. I mean, they're in the, the, about in the middle of deflections. They're in the, uh, the middle for loose balls recovered. They're in the middle for charges drawn. Um, you know, contested two point shots, contested three point shots. They're one of the top, but, but what, I guess that what that all means to me is that their effort is, middle of the pack right now as a defense they're very high they score very high but they're not getting turnovers they're not getting easy looks they're not getting easy baskets so they're imagine if they were ramping up that effort where they were getting more deflections they were getting more loose balls you know where does that right now being i think 13th out of out of the 30 teams um (laughs) that's what they need to do they need to ramp up i think Conversely to what you're saying, I think they need to get more defensive. I think they need to get more easy looks because I think what's happening is they're, because they're not, um, able to see the ball go through the basket, it's, it's just creating this tension. Um, and everything is out of a half court set. Every, their, their other team is scoring and then they're taking the ball out of the basket and everyone's set and, I think that I think I agree with you pushing the pace. You know there've there been a number of instances in the last 3 weeks where you'll see them kind of ease up and let's let's slow down and set it up. No, I think we need to push the tempo. Try to get things going. And if Al Horford is, is too tired and and we need to maybe save him, then we need to do something in terms of lineups to, to save him so he has more energy. Um, he's the only one that I'm concerned with in terms of endurance or ability. I mean, I guess Hayward would be another one you'd be, might be a little bit concerned with, but I think you're right. I think picking up the pace is good. Um, I think they just need to, I think it'll feed the defense too,
0: though. I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, but I really don't see the lack of effort. On defense, I, I I mean, even some of the offensive rebounds. I mean, you know, look at the towards the end of the first half of that Utah game. I mean, I think Brown got three offensive rebounds on one possession by himself. And, you know, I, I'm, I've am i seen that. It I just think that what you're looking for, that extra energy, that extra pep, it really comes from dominating on offense. It really comes from asserting yourselves. So here's the question I have for you. Is the roster really constructed for that style? Or are we looking at a team that is just going to shoot perimeter shots and every once in a while we'll get the Euro step or that little spin move from Tatum and he'll go inside and we'll have a little bit of Kyrie with a shake and bake and the juke, you know? but eventually that takes its toll on a man's body, right? He can't go in and take that contact night in and night out. Is this team, just the way that they're built, Are we just going to have to watch them settle for these outside shots? And sometimes they're long twos. They're not even like, you know, three-pointers. But, you know, live and die by the three. They're just not aggressive enough. I feel like there's a missing piece at this point.
1: Well, I think it goes into who is on the court, right? I think Jay Crowder touched on this after the game. And, you know, he said they don't have enough guys that want to do the dirty work. Marcus can't do everything himself. I don't think it's actually a question of who. I think they have the players who can do it. I don't think it's a roster makeup question. I think it's a mental makeup question and whether or not these guys want to be able to perform those tasks, You know, to play 10% outside of who they want to be to be a winning player. I think that's what it talks about. Are you willing to give up who you think you need to be versus who the team needs you to be. And I think that's I think that's the battle Brad's fighting. I think that's why Brad has is starting to Grow a little bit more terse, a little more unhappy with his, his team's um, not necess- necessarily their effort, although I think that has a lot to do with it. I think more importantly, their makeup of what they think their job is. Um, I, I don't necessarily agree that that they have provided that. I've seen far too many loose balls that Kyrie's going moving around for it, you know, and and that lineup at the end of the Utah game said everything I needed to, to see. He sees Kyrie doing those things. He sees Kyrie leading those efforts. And he sees not enough of the other players doing those things. Marcus had two bad games. Marcus didn't play great against Toronto, didn't play great against Utah. And he's someone who usually feeds that. But he's not, as Jay said, he's not alone. You know, Terry Rozier needs to step up in that regard. Marcus Morris needs to step up in that regard. Jalen Brown, maybe more importantly, needs to find that gene inside of him. Something that he's done really well here for, for the first two years he's here. And for some reason, it, it's, it's not clicking right now. From- I think the whole foul, they were so ticky-tacky with him
0: to start the season. I think it softened him a little bit. I mean, I definitely should have gotten in his head because everything he did wound up being, you know, a whistle. At the same time, uh, he has to keep asserting himself. He has to be willing to foul out. He has to be willing to deal with that. You know, Kyrie, for the same point, did foul out for, you know, because of that scrappy play, right? So – Sometimes that's what's going to happen. You're going to have those tough nights. I think that would help Jalen. I still think Jalen does get aggressive on on the loose balls. I just think he's having trouble with that aggressive defense because of the foul trouble. Um But, you know, let me but ask do you. Do you think
1: they're calling that, though, the way they have? I score? feel like. Not anymore, I, I but I, also adjusted,
0: think, it, don't but I also, no. I think he's softened up too. As much as they've adjusted, I think he's yeah. backed off a little. I don't think he's as aggressive well, as he was. And you know, you yeah. look at the look at the second game. This is going back a little bit with the Pistons, though. Yeah. Look at the yeah, second yeah. game that he had to like the first game was like the best game of his of the year for him. He totally shut down you know Blake Griffin, and then in the second game, Blake Griffin's hooking the crap out of him, and there's no call and he you know that makes it very hard for a young player to figure out how they're you know, I'm not blaming it on the officials. I'm just saying if Jalen Brown doesn't look as good and he seems to have softened up, it's because he's trying to figure out. You know, what he can get away with and what he can't get away with. And the answer is this. It's going to be fickle until he's established himself as a veteran. He ought to just deal with the fouls and continue to play aggressively. I think totally. that's what everybody wants. But, but yes, maybe him, but here's my thing. Jay Crowder's comments, great comments. And it's totally true. You know, Marcus can't do it all from the dirty work standpoint, but I don't honestly, who's the dirty work guys outside of him? I mean, Terry, Terry is aggressive and he gets some really great long rebounds and he can definitely create offense. But as far as like doing the dirty work, I just don't think there's a lot of players on this squad that can do the dirty work. I mean, I think you're talking, uh, you, know, you want it to be Baines. You want it to be Marcus, yeah, but, but yeah. who else is really scrappy? I mean, really be honest with yourself. Look at this roster. And tell me outside of Marcus Smart is really truly scrappy.
1: I, I think. Well, I see I I would say Baines is in that. I think Tyce is in that. I think that Marcus Morris when he's not maybe in love with his iso jumpers is definitely a scrappy player. Rozier has been uh you know he had a board, seven boards last night against Utah. I mean I think it's a question of what are those guys trying to do and particularly the bench players but I think that's the issue, right? Is is that I think too often this team has too many of those scoring types on the floor together, and not enough of guys who are trying to do other things. Yeah, know their role. You know that's that's the issue, and you're teeing me up. That's where the change I think is going to come Monday night.
0: Okay, I don't think so. I think it's going to come from somewhere else. But first, we're going to do commercials. You team me up. you you played into my hands perfectly, son. All
1: right. We've done this before, haven't we?
0: We have. (laughs) But first, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? I bet you're tired of paying for all those inflated markups from brokers or last-minute convenience charges just to pay courtside prices for nosebleed seats. Go to one dot 100co That's O-N-E-I-N one zero zero dot co. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. There's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. It's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite Boston Celtics tickets, that's right, the cost to potentially score these tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can get a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer if you win. Your first raffle ticket is free after signing up, and the experience of using 1 in 100 is extremely fun and exciting. From picking your lucky number to the feeling of potentially winning premium tickets. Feeling lucky? Try it. 1in100.co. That's one that's o n e i n one zero zero dot co. And Robinhood. It's an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. This non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. I have friends. They've been encouraging me to invest in cryptocurrencies, and now I've finally done it with Robinhood's easy-to-use app. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio and discover new stocks and track favorite companies with a personalized newsfeed, Custom notifications for price movements as well so you never miss the right moment to invest. Robinhood is giving away our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up at CelticStuff.Robinhood.com. That's CelticStuff.Robinhood.com. Okay, John, the moment you've been waiting for. I'm finally going to say it. It's roster construction, baby. It's like you said, too many to the shooters, too many guards, too many wings. It's great to have those things. Um, it's great to have guys that can switch. It's great to have that length, but let's face it. Somebody made the point. I think it was, I think it was the garden report the other night with Joe Sway after the Utah loss. Where they said, you know, we really haven't seen Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward be able to both be successful on the same night. Um, it's like one has to defer to the other. I think we've hit a, I think we've hit a point. There's a glut of guards and wings and they're all switchable. And I think one may be expendable at each position and we would still be all right. It's time to make a trade. The area where this team is completely screwed up is in the post. We can't get the ball in the post. We can't get the rebounds. You just mentioned Terry Rozier, a leading rebounder, with eight the other night. It's a mess, and we're way too guard and wing heavy. We've got to get that low post guy. I don't want to get bananas with the Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Davis, but I'm telling you, as soon as that opportunity has arised, we have to go for it. This roster construction is not working. Look at Al Horford, right? What do we just say? He's getting tired. Why is he getting tired? Because he's playing the center position. You said you didn't even like the small lineup to start the year, and I know Hayward's not 100%, and I had a lot of faith in that lineup. I do not like Baines in the starting lineup, but it doesn't really matter, because he's not the guy. That takes another shooter, and we can't get enough offense. He is not going to fix the offense problems. 100% not. You know who is? If we consolidate a little bit of this talent and we upgrade it to center position, we move Al Horford where he belongs, which is at the four, and we bring in a younger player, hopefully, who can do some of the stud work. Look at the way the teams recently have been kicking their butt. You know, it's the Go Bears, right? It's, it's, uh, it's Denver Nuggets, uh, oh my God, uh, Nurkic, Jokic. Jokic. But even then, wait till, you know, Nurkic, Nurgis can kick our butt. Gobert can pick kick our butt. The, the, you know, go. I, this is just not working. They have got to get a legit big man who belongs in the lineup. And it, and and honestly, if that means Robert Williams, we're gonna take our lumps with him. I'm all about it. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big man with a big butt on the block, but it's got to be somebody who can alter shots. It's got to be somebody we can oop to. And we need to be able to generate some offense and get some serious shot-altering defense in there as well. Until that happens, I think this team is just a little bottom-heavy. Not top-heavy, bottom-heavy.
1: Well, I I don't I don't agree. I don't I don't think you know, I think that this is a team that's built for 2018-2019. I think this is the way that the league is playing itself. I think you look at the, the finals, you look at the conference finals. It was big men, goodbye. Don't even try to think about being on the floor unless you're Al Horford who can do everything. So I I don't think the answer is to, to add another center, someone who may not even play if you get to the finals. Or no, no, not, that point.
0: Not, not a mediocre center. The team needs well, to create some okay. assets and bring in a guy. Who's an impact player at the but five. even then,
1: like look at look at the let's look at uh, you know Philly. I mean, yes, Ben Would you Simmons trade can't for shoot he's a coward. He can shoot from the but, outside. You can't, but you can't have two bigs out there anymore. It's not nineteen ninety eight anymore. You just it's it's the two thousand eighteen model. Is you get one guy who's kind of in the middle who can who can def- protect the rim a little bit, but more importantly can can switch and can well, contain a little bit from on the, the guy. That's where Hor- we are.
0: Then the question is: Is Horford the guy? He's getting well, older. He's got the big contract. If he's getting tired out at this point in the season, and we're getting raped by other big men, I mean, what come on.
1: Is he the guy? I don't think. I don't think big men are the problem. I mean, Jamal Murray's fifty-one, and you know <laughs> Lillard, and <laughs> you know. I mean, it was. It, yeah, it, it, Joe Ingles. It, the the first,
0: first time we faced right. him, well, I get it, but. Right.
1: I think the issue is is that our wings are not defending adequately. They're not playing the pick and roll well. They're not physical. On you the think
0: it's the roll. point of attack. The point of you, attack you, is you think all the issue. killed because they're not putting
1: pressure on the wing to slow Absolutely. that down so that he can recover. Absolutely, and and whether it's uh, you know particularly the like Joe Engels situation. I mean, it was like. Joe Ingles was a freight train and there was nobody coming anywhere to stop it. And I don't think Horford could have done anything in that spot. I think Hayward was in bad position. I think he didn't, you know, I think all, everything that those wings are doing right now in terms of the pick and roll is just abhorrent, you know, and I'm particularly Hayward and uh I guess Rozier to some degree, but definitely Hayward and Brown. They're just they're living in no man's land. And, I think that's what the issue is. And you know, maybe smart. So that's needed, a vote for help. smart
0: going into the front into the starting lineup, maybe, right?
1: But I don't I don't I I I think whether you say smart or Baines, I, I frankly I think you'd put Baines in the starting lineup because I think Horford is exhausted. I think having Horford at 100% means you don't lose the Utah, the first Utah game. I, I think- You know I'm gonna really
0: struggle with this, cause that means I'd be telling
1: you, you were right before the season I know. started. I know. That was gonna be
0: a toughie, bro. I know, man, but I'm telling you. It's, Here's it's, what it's, I'll say. It sucks. If it the it wings sucks. can't, if the wings can't hit open shots, then you're 100% right. If those, if Brown and Hayward were knocking down shots and generating offense cohesively, then I'm telling you to, to you know, back up. The problem is, is that Horford can't take a playoff here and there. And I don't mean take a playoff, but, you know, every single defensive possession, he's just working to keep them in the game Mm -hmm. versus the whole flow of things. So I think you're right. When the perimeter guys can't hit shots and generate offense and it puts that much more, strain on the defense and you're not getting pressure on the perimeter, then it's almost like you do have to bring in a Baines. It still doesn't solve your problems, though. It just means you have a punisher once somebody gets there. And and you you just just... said nobody wants to play two bigs, right? So you're not benching Horford when you start Baines. So it's still – it's not the solution. It's the, like, short-term correction – because guys aren't hitting shots on offense and putting pressure on the perimeter on defense. but And I think that's why Brad's been reluctant, right? He knows that putting Baines in the starting lineup is not the answer. And when he doesn't, he's conceding something. And instead, he's trying to light a fire under these guys and say, come on. Right. Right? Don't make me do that because we're going to have to, right, compete. Because, well, we're going to have to, if I do that, we're going to have to deconstruct this again before the postseason and try again. And we've already committed all these games to doing this. So why would we back away from this now yeah just to have to go through the pain again in March? And here's the one vote, though. Here's the one vote for it. Hayward is not right, and he's on a minutes restriction. So in that vein, put Baines in the starting lineup move Hayward to the bench and until Hayward's ready to play full minutes, can play the defense and put the pressure on the perimeter. I think you, I think you just set him down for a little bit and then maybe we try that experiment again in, you know, February or March once he's off the minutes restriction feeling great and he's clearly come around and, and maybe that's yeah. the reason for,
1: well, it. Well, I mean, again, it, as I said previously, I think it was last week, you know, gold state does not start their death lineup. Right. So, I I think that there is plenty of room for you to play that lineup, feel good about it, maybe close games with it, and and be fine. We've seen a lot of guys who are sitting in the closing minutes of the games, Kyrie included, Horford included, so it's not as if, you know, everyone is is perfect here, and and you know, in the pecking order, that means you're always going to play. Um, I think you're right. I think Hayward is probably the guy that goes to the bench. I think you put him in a, in an Iguadala role for now, but Brown, to me, Brown is kind of the, he's the canary in the coal mine. I, we keep saying, I keep saying this. He is, as he goes, is really where the team's going. And when the team's playing well, when he's playing well, usually the team is playing well because the ball is moving and, and there's space and there's rooms to, room to drive, and and he brings that aggression. And he's done that. He's trying to do that. I don't think Brown is. I don't. I think he understands. what he's Hey, talking. make him more aggressive, knowing that
0: Hayward's on the bench that can sub in, and then somebody just tells Brown, "Hey, you backed off because of the way things were going. Don't back off." Get right back out there and stay strong because we're going to move Hayward to the bench and then Hayward's always there to pick up some minutes. So if you get two quickies in the first, don't worry about it. We'll lean on Hayward for a little bit and we're going to bring you back out until the league respects your defense. We're just going to force the issue that somebody needs to tell him that, especially, and most people are clamoring for smart to go into that starting lineup, but I will tell you there's something I think you, I, I'm actually changing my mind midstream is the more we talk this through about Baines going into the starting lineup, that's a lot of crow for me to eat. But I think if the perimeter guys were hitting shots, I would not have to eat this crow. So now I'm just as mad as Brad. <laughs> Mad Brad, Mad Justin.
1: Mad Brad sounds better, but yeah, I, I get I'm your point. Furious Justin. He's yeah, Mad Brad. <laughs> John's right, and I know it sucks. I'm sorry, man. No, no, I'm you're just, only right wrong. in the
0: situation.
1: I would rather be wrong. The Celtics sitting at at, at uh, you know fifteen and one right now. Yeah, and there's
0: an uh, and me well, eating crow. That's just so you know. There's a footnote in time. It's- by the time we hit the postseason, it ain't going to be like this, buddy. I hope so.
1: I well, you know, but I, I think if the question is, I don't think you and I disagree that that's their best lineup. That's the lineup that they should be going with to, to win games. That's the that lineup is what's the difference and the only lineup that allows us to compete with Golden State. That lineup is super important. You know, that's where you, you and I definitely agree on that, and I think. They need to get that lineup right, but the problem is, is that for the 48 minutes, nothing is going right right now. And maybe they just need to set a tone to start a game like, like Golden State does. You set a tone differently than you need to be that to be the overriding tone of, of what the game is. You know, starting doesn't necessarily mean that's where you end up or how you play. And I think maybe setting a tone of, of defense, saying a tone of rebounding, saying a tone of trying to get people going early. Maybe that then frees you up because I use the
0: fouls, yeah. man. When those guys get to the, I, this has been, I mean, I said this last year and, and I definitely use the fouls, use the fouls in the post. Like sometimes these guys are just going right in driving by three dudes mm-hmm. for the Celtics and just laying it in off the glass. And then they land on their feet and you know, Their arms stretch out like they're flying like birdies as they run down the outside of the court. This is ridiculous. Nobody should get their wings out after they've made an easy play driving through the defense. That dude should be on his ass. That ball should not have gone through the hoop, and then that guy's got to be helped up and walked over to the free throw line. That's how the NBA is played, especially if we're going to put Baines into that starting lineup. He He better be ready to knock some guys on their ass.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I think that, that – I I, think, I don't want to point – well, I will. Yeah, I think Tatum and Brown need to learn that. They need to learn the physicality and the need for that and how that drives how they play. You know, missing shots is a problem, but missing shots sometimes is a function of not just getting into the flow of the game. And I think that's kind of what's, got, what's happening is they're – they're kind of playing on this like autopilot type, <laughs> you know, just, you know, well, like they have this they. primary they role didn't get and into now the game off to the side. Yeah. And, and so, let me
0: ask you, do you think they got soft? And, and, and do you think they got um, soft because they're being relied on less? Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they're not asserting themselves because they're deferring a little bit. Remember the Paul Pierce deferring era? God, that was frustrating. Right. And I kind of feel like we have these two young players who are amazing, you know, in terms of skill and ability or physical athleticism. And yet they seem to be doing this deferring thing. And I know at first it always seems like it's they're all trying to play within a system and they're all trying to, you know, be unselfish. But at the end of the day, like we need Tatum to be more selfish. We need Brown to be more aggressive. And so, you know, the, I think in a way that this, you know, them taking a little bit of a step back in terms of their roles and trying to be more of a team, it actually almost made them softer. And, it, and if the soft isn't the word, maybe the word is, um, just a little more, um, ambivalent.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's trying to figure out how you fit into the hole. You know, I think that's kind of the issue. I think they don't know they don't know what their what their place is in all this, which is kind of weird. Um you know, because they played with Kyrie before, and Kyrie is clearly the most dominant. Clearly Kyrie has had a great run here. They know how they played off of Kyrie before, but that was before the playoff run. So maybe the playoff run has changed everyone's opinion. They've gone away for the summer. They've added more to their game. They feel good about their game. They come in here and they're losing and now they're trying and now they're in their own heads. Um, I, I think Tatum has looked fine offensively. You know, we, we get just, he just gets picked apart. Um, you know, he was 21 and seven against, uh, <laughs> against Toronto and it, you know, he could have had 40 in terms of how easily he got those 21. It's crazy. It's crazy that the the scale that we, we rank him on. But Brown, you know, we, I think Brown should be able to do defensively what Tatum can do offensively. You know, they really are getting into the yang. And I don't feel like right now that that is in balance. Um, and Tatum needs to do more defensively, I think. Uh, I think he's still getting bullied. He's still getting run over. To the, to the, not to the, maybe the same aspect of what Brown is doing where the, you know, one for nine and, you know, but no, you're right. Where did the
0: block shots go? Like we saw him make defensive plays. Remember that was the big surprise with Tatum Mm -hmm. for you and I last year. I mean, that's, we need to see those block shots. We need that, need to see that, you know, that, that, uh, I don't know, I guess weak side help. There's just times where he would just come in and influence the play a little bit. Um, and it wasn't always rebounding. You know, you say 21 and seven, it's great when he pulls down some boards, but all right. You know what? We're going to table it. We've got a week ahead of us. Uh, the Charlotte Hornets, right? That's tonight. Uh, who else
1: we got on deck, John? Oh shoot! I just put it away. <laughs> <Don't really laughs> sorry worry about
0: that. Well, let's start. Everybody wants to to cue up Kemba Walker after a pretty stellar performance the other night. So, um, I'll get the okay. I'll get the schedule. It. You got the schedule.
1: I got. am okay. sorry. I'm so, sorry. So, I, so you got Charlotte, Charlotte on Monday, and then after that, you got the Knicks on the 21st, and then back to back, 23, 24 of Atlanta and Dallas. So four. I would say pretty bad teams there. Yeah, this teams is con- this is
0: going to be my four and zero week. You did it last week, and I said no, 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 no. It's going to be two and one. Could be one and two, but I'm going to go two and one. And uh, you know, I said Bulls, and I think I said Bulls in Utah and I lost to Toronto. So I got the I got those two that back to back wrong. But I'm going to go four and zero this week. I think they respond, and uh, you know, because of what they did against the Bulls, you know that they can respond. So the teams that they have on deck, I mean, I don't know how much Thanksgiving is going to throw a wrench into their, you know, maybe the turkey knocks them down again and they come out flat. But I think there's – I think Brad is mad enough that they respond and they have a successful week. I'm not sure that they necessarily run away with all of these games and that the shots are falling perfectly. I don't think everything happens overnight. But I think it might be just enough to give them the confidence that they need to get things back on track and I do think you'll see Bane start uh a couple of times in the coming week just just because Horford does to your point I think Brad sees it and he's been known to make that change. So I this is actually going to be my 4 and 0 week and I don't do this very often and I've been predicting losing weeks several weeks in a row now and so I'm I'm stealing your thunder before you can
1: do it. I'm going 4 and 0 this week. <laughs> well, I would um I'm I'm actually gonna say three and one. Um uh, I'm just I'm not Charlotte loss? I think Charlotte. I think Really. I don't yeah. think there's
0: any way they can have it. I just see that's the one I would have said was the loss. But yeah. I just don't think there's any way they can have it after Brad flipped the lid. I can only imagine what it was like on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. must have had a practice. I don't know if they did, but I'm assuming that they had a practice, and if not you know, in the locker room before the game on Monday, it's going to be ugly still. It's, he is going to be calling fools
1: out left and right. You know, I, I, I think that the Celtics just need to figure out who they are. They need to get to the, they need to get going. They, they will. I think they will get going. This is not a, going to be a bad team, but it's, it's insane to me that we're having this conversation. Um, you know, look, the the Heat started out eight, almost 500. You know, almost at the same point, they were, I think, nine and nine or nine and ten or something. In their first 19. There's a similar thing going on. Um, what they figured out was to speed it up. To your point, and but they still were doing that kind of trading baskets thing. You know, you t- your turn, LeBron. Now your turn, Wade. didn't really which i think is what's
0: going to happen you know i i didn't think that they'd run away with games i just thought it might be the spurt that helps get that extra you know effort and helps them you know be more confident in their ability to score so every time they take an open shot they don't think it's more likely to miss and you know even tatum and brown they just don't have that snap at the end of their shot if you watch them There's like a lazy finish, and I know that Tatum's always been kind of smooth, so it looks that way, but always at the end of a shot, the wrist is down. There's still a snap at the end of that smoothness, and if you just watch the way they shoot, they're really just not finishing. It's like, and that to me, the body language, it's subtle, but it just shows the lack of confidence because they're not just up in the air. Even sometimes the way they square up up in the air, They're not just quite right. It's like they're just not going up with that extra determination and confidence that just brings in those subtleties in the difference between it, you know, bouncing off the back rim or you know, uh, rumbling out. You know, I mean, a lot of times they're not missing wildly, right? It's just the little details in body control and. Um, and the way that they finish their shots, I feel like it's just not quite there. And I feel like, yeah, if they speed up the offense, maybe they'll start to find some of that. It'll just be more crisp is probably the best word I'd use to describe it.
1: Yeah, and I think I think they need more possessions. I think they need to the more possessions, the more people will feel like that they're touching the ball and getting it up there. You know, and I think that there's a lot of slow down and let's try to set this up. And I think that just that's just not with these young guys, I think it may help them feel a better part of what's happening out there. Certainly, we know Kyrie can can run and and, and fire it up. And maybe it's it's a, an effort to try to protect Kyrie and to protect Al Horford and try to keep their bodies. The half in shape. court
0: is so boring. Yeah, the half court offense is so boring. Do the yep. fans a favor. All right, let's wrap the show. Fans favor. That's there. It is. That's <laughs> it's about us. So do the fans a favor. <laughs> All right, everybody, the broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. Heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in, and remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Jelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
1: Celtic Stuff Live.